Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards with pureandsimplebible.com. I'm so glad to have this opportunity to study the Bible once again. And this Bible conversation is one that is bearing fruit from, or I guess it's the fruit bore from, a previous conversation. So if you are subscribed to the podcast and you listen to it regularly, you know that recently I did a solo uh, solo series or mini-series of a couple of studies on endurance racing in the kingdom. Well, my good friend Kevin Fox listened to that, and he is what I like to call my running sensei. And Kevin messaged me and was like, Jonathan, uh, if you ever want to talk to somebody about it because you mentioned something in your podcast, I'd love to be that guy. Maybe he was just saying it to, you know, like, uh, be nice. But what he didn't count on was me actually saying, let's do it. So uh, a few days ago, I had him on via Zencaster, and we had a really great conversation that's just extended around the thought of endurance racing in the kingdom. We're going to call this one Training for Transformation. It's a fun conversation and I'd love to uh, share it with you. I'd love it if you were out for a walk or, you know, doing something in addition to it. But I, but I would also love it if this is devoted time where maybe you've got a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and you're sitting on the back porch and you're just uh, enjoying the morning or maybe enjoying the afternoon listening to the podcast. Whatever it is, great conversation. I'm really excited to introduce it. Let's jump right into it, shall we? Well, uh, Kevin, I'm glad you're with me, and uh, you and I go way back, so I'm really excited you're back on. You've you've been on before. Um, maybe I said these things. I, I actually I haven't listened to that episode lately. You know, I don't go back and just listen to all my old episodes, but um, I may have said this in that recording, but I'm going to go ahead and, and share it again. We go way back. You're one of the, the guys that I looked up to as a teen, where you were part of the the teens who would speak at big meetings and like you and, and I'm going to name a few others that, uh, Sean, uh, Wackerly, Sean Willis, um, and you and others, um, your brother as well, man, y'all were like the all-stars for me when I was 13, 14, you know, watching you guys at, at age 17, 18, 19 at these young speakers meetings or, or maybe like at the new year's meeting in the final night or whatever. Uh, so we go pretty far back. And I'm so glad you're with me. I would love to give you the chance to tell our listeners a little bit about who you are at present. Jonathan, back when we could give a sermon in under five minutes. Sure. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> no, I, I actually I think about that often and how good of a training ground that was, uh, learning how to leave people with, with one thing and one thing alone and, and get it done in, in five minutes. When, sure. When I gave my first uh, short talk, the only goal I had was to not trip on the stairs, <laughs> uh, walking up or yeah. walking down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's a long time ago, and I'm really a fan of what you do with uh, the podcast. I enjoy listening. I enjoy getting introduced to other people. Uh, I confess that I listen to most podcasts on 1.5 speed. And uh, your uh, podcast is something that I listen to while I'm running. And uh, I've been 
uh, tuning in to the, the latest episodes. And uh, I'm just not in your studio this morning, but I, I envision uh, the two of us just kind of out on a having a little run uh, talking this morning. Ooh, I like that visual of, yeah, we're like the, the old ladies who are, you know, out for a walk in the neighborhood, chit-chatting as we go. Um, Man, th- this is tough, Jonathan. You, you just reminded me of how old I was because you said you were, I used to be young and, and now we're old ladies out walking. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot wait for the next metaphor to drop. Okay. <laughs> Just wait. I've got plenty in store. Uh, Kevin, in case somebody didn't know who you were, uh, just give us an idea of who your people are and where you live, what you do. Jonathan, I work with the church in Midland, Texas, Westway Church of Christ. Uh-huh. I've lived here for over 20 years. Uh, we've got four kids, a, a senior, a freshman, a sixth grader and a second grader, boy, girl, boy, girl, uh, the whole my spectrum. wife, Marcy, the whole spectrum. My wife, Marcy's from Michigan. I grew up in California and, um, we work in the Midland Odessa area. We have a bilingual congregation in Odessa that uh, we're, uh, brother, uh, Juan the third works. And we have a, just a really special place out here in the desert. Uh, Midland Odessa is a growing place and uh, we, we love where we live. We love our people out here and uh, we are, are really thankful to, to work with the church out here. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, to, to give folks some context uh, about what we're going to talk about today, last week or the last couple of episodes that I've released were, uh, if, if we're putting it in, in a timeline, it's around the new year. And I didn't have a guest, so I decided I would take a sermon that I had just given at Valley Parkway and kind of speak from the heart in studio. So I, I split it up over a couple of episodes, and uh, it's about running this this kingdom race with endurance because of, uh, as Hebrews 12 will say, there's going to be a lot of adversity, a lot of uh, challenges to overcome, and, and Hebrews 12 really sets up a great organization for getting us in that right mindset for kingdom running. And uh, you contacted me last week and said, hey, do you want to do something where we build off of that? Of course, I said, yes, I'm so excited to have that opportunity. Um, As you were listening to that Hebrews 12 podcast, what was kind of a maybe a a big idea for you that you really wanted to come and communicate it to our listeners? Well, first... I love teaching that is uh, exegetical, where you just walked through the scripture. I really enjoy that. Uh, I think the majority of my teaching is just walking uh, through scripture, and I really uh, connect well with people who teach where they walk through scripture, ask questions, answer it and uh, draw out application uh, from the arguments, uh, and I say arguments in a, in a positive way of, of right. the writer, but ultimately sure. the writer is, is the spirit. And so uh, I think uh, Hebrews uh, is a tremendous example of a, a well-organized uh, letter that really allows us to 
follow the mindset and and understand the reasons why we're doing the certain things. Yeah. And yeah, as you walk through that, I you, I think at some point you mentioned maybe I'll have a guest on, and and I just at that very moment I just thought, man, that'd be fun to just talk some more about some of the things Jonathan's talking about. And uh, so I think I just sent you a text and said, Hey, if you want to talk, we can talk more and didn't think much about it. And then you said, yes. I'm like, Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess we'll do that. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I really liked is you brought out the uh, idea of uh, discipline uh, from, from Hebrews and uh, talked about discipline uh not as a negative thing uh, necessarily, right. but discipline right. in the sense of training. And, right. uh, you know, as you, as you talked about running, uh, I, I don't know that uh, everybody is a runner and sure. uh, I know this for a fact, not everyone needs to be a runner. Uh, right. Some, some people's 20 minute walk is more challenging than a 26.2 mile race uh, because right uh, for some people to get up and 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 walk for that amount of time based on their uh, challenges their their background their environment uh, that's more commendable than somebody else running hundreds of miles literally and right. so I think as we think about uh, running or races or things like that, it's good to remind people who are, are listening, especially from a, a broad background, that not not everybody is called to do the same exact thing. And that's probably a, a good lesson to think about in the Christian life in general. However, it is good for everyone to be in training at some level. And I think that's what the writer of Hebrews is reminding these Christians is that uh, uh, undergoing training is not a bad thing. It's something that we're all called to as disciples. Uh, right. The word, the word disciple is is one who is involved in training. Uh, it's the same word that the you know writers using here for discipline. And oh, so, that's a good connection. Our our identity as a disciple is centered in the discipline. The dis- we are we are practitioners of the discipline, which is the the life race that we are, we have in Christ. I'm glad you qualified it for our listeners. Maybe maybe some were listening in those episodes, thinking, "Okay, I could maybe apply it to something else, but r- running's not my thing." So yes, please apply it to uh, obviously to spiritual. Uh, racing. That's what we're we're interested in is the the spiritual endurance. We, however, are going to continue the metaphor of physical running just because it's a one to one connection and it's very tangible. Kevin, you're a runner. Um, you you're probably my, one of my running senseis because you've run a lot more races than I have and you've run a lot further. Let me ask you. Maybe it, it, I hope it doesn't come across as an odd question, but I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for just a moment and I'm going to ask you for me running is is kind of sacred I don't like to uh I, I don't post about it on social media right which I know it's the, the irony is I'm talking about it on a, a podcast that other people can listen to but I don't I don't just uh share it with the masses 
for me, it's very personal. Um, it's very spiritual. I, I find when I do train to run a race, even whenever I've won the prize, so to speak, right? I finished a race, I get a medal or whatever. I, I, I don't even like to post that stuff because it's very personal. I'm curious what your, uh, the way that you relate to running and training, et cetera. Uh, do you enjoy uh, sharing it with others? Is this something that is, is uh, a part of your public persona? Is it something that's private? Where, where do you fit in that mindset? That's a great question, and it has changed, and uh, I could probably talk a very long time about the short question that you just asked me. Okay. <laughs> Let, uh, I really I, I really look at you, you said that I'm your running uh, sensei. Uh, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty funny. When, I, when it, I have not always been a runner. I, I did not run track and field or even cross country in, in high school or anything like that. But my, my dad would run four times a week, uh, six miles and just methodically. And right. then, uh, when I started uh, preaching, I had preachers that I trained with and looked up to that, uh, consistently would get outside and do some sort of uh, physical discipline. Uh, Ron Quarter uh, was one of them. Oh yeah. Uh, Don McCord uh, has a very um, disciplined uh, approach to to walking uh, every day, and and the list could go on of of some gentlemen that you and I both know who uh, have that as a part of their uh, daily uh, routine. Sure. And as I began to preach. I thought about the discipline or the training that was involved in my own uh, personal life. And at around that time, I had a friend of mine who said, I'd like to train for a marathon. Have you ever thought about training for a marathon? <laughs> and I just said, you know, I've always wondered if I could do it. Uh, let's try it. And uh, so we put a plan together and, uh, we, we trained to run a marathon and that was running with someone. And, uh, right. I would not have been able to complete, uh, that race were it not for the plan, yeah. the training and the accountability of having someone else to run with. Mm. And, uh, that, that friend of mine, I, Grant McCaslin, he was in Midland at the time. He's now the head men's basketball coach at Texas Tech. Uh, that was, was something that he and I uh, both decided to do for the first time, and it was completely transformative for me, uh, working with somebody, running with somebody, and it really became a close and personal thing for me to be able to enjoy the process of doing something hard and, and doing something that I had not done before. And yeah. at that time we had one other runner in our congregation in Midland, uh, Kathy Eastman. And, uh, we then began as a, a church family in Midland 
uh, doing a lot of 5Ks and, and 10Ks together. So it, it became something that was very much a, a public thing. We, we would show up. We, we, there was one 5K in Midland where we had 25 people from our church run together wow. at, at different paces, at, yeah. at different, uh, you know, goals, at, you know, different lengths. And it, it was a very much uh, an accountability thing. It was an encouragement. It was a, a time oh, yeah. where we were together. And so like that, that became then for, for us as a church family, uh, something that we just, you know, not, not everyone was involved in it, but it, it was something where uh, people who had never run before were running, people who uh, were were walking uh, and enjoying that uh, part of it. it. It was fantastic. So it was something that we, we did together. And so to me, again, uh, I said I could give a very long answer to this. Then at different points in my life, it's been something that I have done with other people and enjoyed helping other people do it. And that's the, the public aspect uh, of it sometimes. Sure. But then sure. there's been uh, plenty of races that I've run or times when I've trained where I uh, have been quiet about it and not not even trained with anybody else uh, for the for a particular time period. So it's yeah, it's gone back and forth uh, as the years have gone on. So well, the scripture that what you've just shared about running it with others that comes to mind in Hebrews 12 verse one, it says, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance, the race that's set before us. Um, you know, you've described people who were running with you. Um, I've not, I don't think I've run a race with someone, although on the race, it's been an interesting experience and the races that I've run there's a mutual bond with strangers so that when you start, for example, you go uphill and somebody starts walking, That's maybe right. I'm the one who starts walking as the people jog by, they go, come on, we can do it. Come on, let's go. Right. I'll, I'll go with you. And that bond was really cool across multiple races of kind of like, uh, we don't know each other, but I we're, we're in this common experience. The other thing, that is really, really fun. Uh, and then I'd, I'd love to get your perspective on this are the spectators. Like there are people that volunteered their time to go and, you know, just pour water or they're, they're going and they're holding a sign that says, you know, turn this way, you can do it. And like, it's funny how you, you can, you know, you're on this really long stretch and you feel like, man, I'm going to have to walk. I just can't, I can't jog anymore. But then like you, you come around the bend and there's a group of like seven volunteers and they're just, they're, they're screaming for you. They're clapping and it boosts you. I don't, it sounds silly. Like how could these people who I don't know actually, you know, motivate me? And yet it does. And I kind of see that in the scriptures. You have got this crowd of witnesses. We've got the, the people from the old Testament, from, uh, eons past who or ages past who uh, are cheering us on, so to speak. And then we've also got the runners in the Christian race. So it, it's amazing uh, the interaction, how it can motivate you to keep going. Absolutely. And I think this is something that the writer of Hebrews wanted these Christians to keep in mind. And if, if we're tracing it back to the arguments that have preceded this, you've got all the, the let us commands uh, from Hebrews 10 
And uh, so leading, leading up to Hebrews 12, he's, he's reminded them uh, to let us uh, hold fast uh, and then also let us consider how to spur one another on to love and, and good works. Uh, he's encouraged them to meet together consistently. Uh, and I think that part of the encouragement leading up to 12 has been to consider how interaction with each other and pulling in instead of pulling away assists us in our training and helps us go through difficult things because oh, yeah. uh, we are pouring into uh, someone else. I, I have found at certain points, if I will vocally encourage other people along the way, I, I try to make it a point to thank people who do come out and, and support a race. And I found that if I'm focused on trying to encourage other people while I run, that I'm less likely to think about the pain uh, that I'm suffering. And it's, Ooh, uh, what real... a what a wonderful connection! The others focused uh, mentality versus focusing on self. I like that. When so I ran the Boston Marathon uh, three times before the uh, year where there was the bombing at the Boston Marathon, and uh, so I had had run and qualified for uh, three uh, three races. And the, the first year I didn't go after three years was the year of the bombing. And we were, we were watching that at, at home. Oh my. And uh, that was, that was really, really tough. Uh, the, the year before, if I, I immediately thought, where would I have been if this had happened the year before? And I was actually in the, in the medical, I would have been in the medical tent when, uh, when that took place. Oh, um, I had a proclivity for my first uh, couple of marathons to uh, run so hard to earn a stay in the medical tent for about 30 <laughs> minutes afterwards. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, that's, that's another story. Uh, but uh, we just, we sat at home and, and watched uh, horrified uh, Marcy and I did and like very, very thankful that I wasn't there, but also it was a really, weird feeling that I can't explain of wishing I was there, uh, right. seeing the, the suffering that was going on. And, um, so the next year I decided I was going to qualify again and, and go back just to, I don't know. I just had this, like, I'm, I'm going back as, as a part of this group of people that, you know, <laughs> would say this, you know, we're not going to let this, uh, uh, change anything. And that, that next year there, for the race on race day, there were a million people on the race course. Wow. And, uh, I, I have a hard time talking about it, uh, without getting choked up. But when, um, from, from Boston, you run in 26.2 miles from the West. You start out in this little town called Hopkinton, which is a, a town, a very small town. And so you don't, you don't run loops within Boston. You run from, from the West and run into Boston. And so the, the million people that they estimated were on the race course that day as spectators were literally strung out for 26.2 miles. Oh my, there, there, there was not a spot on the course where there wasn't somebody saying like, go get them. Let's do this. You know, 
for the wow. entire 26.2 miles. As you know, wow. when you run trail races or or other marathons, you're, you're always going to go through parts of the course where there's somebody who's not there, you know? Right. <laughs> so the, the right. entire race, there was somebody. And then in Boston, there's always kids who are wanting to give you high fives, you know? And, and so you just, for, you know, for a little bit, you think like, wow, these people want to give me high fives, but, it, but it's not about you. It's, it's just about sure. them giving the support, you know? And so sure. the reality of the, the cloud of witnesses uh, that the writer of Hebrews speaks about is it's it's better than spectators on a course. It's mm. better than uh, kids uh, wanting to give you a, a high five. It is very real people who have gone through the most difficult that life has to offer, and uh, they have been faithful to the Lord, and they are really rooting you on for what matters, not, not the gold medal at the uh, finish line uh, of a earthly race, but uh, an eternal crown. And to be able to envision that is to be able to surround yourself with real Christians who are doing the same thing. And so right. I, I bring Hebrews 10 and Hebrews 12 together because if we're to realize the reality of Hebrews 12, we have to make sure we're putting ourselves in situations where, whether it's over the phone talking to somebody or in the assembly uh, singing together with somebody else, uh, meeting together for uh, Bible study and, and coffee, we are intentionally putting ourselves around people who are encouraging us to continue running, walking, uh, in Christ. And then that is the physical present reminder of the spiritual reality of, of what's behind us that uh, Hebrews 12 uh, calls us to. You know, the scripture that I'm honing in on, I, I've probably said this a lot of times on this podcast and in sermons as well, but what you mentioned in Hebrews 10, um, all of those let us commands, um, the one that you know, the let us not that that we sometimes hear is, you know, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the, the manner of some. But uh, it's tied specifically to a more positive command, and that is let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. And, you know, for years and years, I would just I'd have Hebrews 10, 25 in parentheses. And that's why we go to church, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but the, the first part of it, the positive command is why, uh, whenever we do assemble together or to your point, when we're getting together for coffee and a Bible study, when we're maybe even going out for a walk with someone and, and it's just a Christian that we're spending time, whatever it may be, um, part of that that cloud of witness, part of that encouragement of the race is that uh, the getting the, the mindset off myself and, and thinking, how am I going to stir this person up to love and good works? And part of it is I, I just show up like I'm not going to not be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up. And by showing up and by being having a, a mindset of, of being others focused instead of self-focused, then 
I'm part of this beautiful, beautiful encouragement that we've just been talking about, this race where all the racers are at one point, I think what I said in the podcast last couple of weeks was mile 20, right? At mile 20, when you're going uphill, when you've got somebody alongside you or somebody that's, you know, shouting encouragement, maybe from behind as they're approaching, uh, it stirs you up, spiritually speaking, to love and good works instead of, you know, walking or quitting the race entirely, you know? Absolutely. And the consider is the active word there that I don't know that I always do a great job of and that I want to do a better job of is that, that requires forethought. That's, that's proactive, right? I have sure. to think about, okay, who, who can I encourage today and how can I encourage them in their particular situation that requires planning that requires prayer and uh, that requires a follow through. And yeah, you have to be able to show up in order to do that. Uh, but uh, just showing up uh, is uh, part of it. The considering portion mm-hmm. is really thinking. I mean, that's love, right? Because I'm actually putting myself uh, in that right. situation and saying, what is best for this other person? Yeah. And uh, I, have, I have to consider that. And uh, part of that is putting myself in a, in a situation where somebody can do that for me and making sure I'm in a situation where I can do that for uh, someone else. Sure. We have to in, in training for, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, you may know uh, my uh, good Christian friend from uh, California, Chris Mills, do you know, Chris and and I love Chris Mills. Good man. Uh, I, I don't know if you, know this or not but chris used to live in midland i did yeah and, he uh, ran with you that's how you guys met right I, the first i i actually ran a marathon before i ever ran a uh, race to 5k jonathan which is completely backwards uh, well rub it in kevin <laughs> <laughs> it was just a, so i i showed up for just a get that flex in there too uh, <laughs> man i did not I did not mean for that to sound bad, but I, uh, I had not run a fast 5k and I, I showed up and I started talking to this guy who was doing all these crazy stretches and, and warmups. And I just started visiting with him beforehand. And, uh, I, uh, I went over and, and told, told Marcy, I said, I'm, I'm going to try and stay with that guy. And, and she goes, well, I'll follow in the car to pick you up when you fall over in the ditch. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's the type of encouragement I need from Marcy. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and and Chris, uh, Chris left me. Chris left me in the dust, and and I almost ended up in the ditch. Uh, and and afterwards, I just went up and said, "Man, I I don't know if you uh, run with anybody else, but I I'm wanting to get faster, and you look like you know what you're doing. Uh, would Would you mind uh, running with me and and teaching me how to run?" And uh, it it took him aback a little bit, and he said, "Yeah, I'll I'll do that." And uh, Chris had run collegiately, and uh, Chris taught me how to run fast. When I had trained for a marathon, I trained to run a long distance, and Chris taught me how to run fast. And uh, in running with Chris, I was intentionally putting myself with somebody who I knew was an expert 
who would hold me accountable and would occasionally shout at me uh, and <laughs> really uh, took my understanding to a different yeah. level. Yeah. And we need that in the, in the Christian life. We, we need to intentionally put ourselves around people who have uh, run a few more laps than us and mm -hmm. who will occasionally shout at us when we uh, need it and oh, yeah. will share their experiences with the less experienced to take us to new heights. And we need that for training, but it's difficult yeah. because we're, we're admitting we don't have it all figured out, uh, but uh -huh. uh, we really, we really have to consider how to pour into other people who need maybe our experience, but also consider how we're placing ourselves in situations where there are other people who can keep us accountable and hold us to uh, a higher standard. Sure. You know, the Hebrews 10, 25, it says to stir one another up to love and good works, considering how to stir one another. You know, the, that concept right there, Chris stirred you up to a good work, right? But in Absolutely. the moment, it may not have always felt like uh, very loving, but there was a time when this expert runner needed to teach the novice runner how to run properly. And that meant he had to stir you up. And so the stirring up might for a moment seem not very pleasurable. Like in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, it says for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields peaceful fruits of righteousness. And I can imagine that even though you were stirred up to, to maybe do something different, uh, whenever it actually came through and you were able to uh, maybe run faster or to run with better technique or whatever, um, that's whenever the, the, the righteous, or, you know, in this metaphor, the righteous fruits uh, are manifest. You're able to see, oh, there is a difference here. I do get what it's about. It's been worth it to be stirred up this way. That's right. And it, no discipline, uh, seems great at the time right <laughs> but the 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 training that really produces uh fruit will will be the the, the challenging and uh the the most the most rewarding physical training comes from placing ourselves consistently in situations that will uh you know uh, yield growth um, but in the in the moment it it doesn't uh, sure. perhaps seem wonderful. However, however, um, and people who walk consistently, uh, for example, I, I know some people who are listening to this, uh, walk for 30 minutes every day and they have found that that makes all the difference, uh, in their attitude and their outlook mm -hmm. and their mm -hmm. perspective. And, sure. uh, you don't, you don't have to run. But what will happen after a time is that when you enjoy the righteousness and peace that comes from training, you will learn to enjoy the, the training and enjoy the journey. And that uh, will happen in time. Some people say, I don't know, I've, I've never gotten to where I love running. And I, I will tell you that there are at least twice a week when I go out for a run, I don't feel like going out for a run. I just know that 
I will feel a whole lot better afterwards. Right. <laughs> right. And I do have that mental pathway uh, established in my mind. And I, I know that's a really, uh, that's a real thing, how God has created us to uh, in, in our spirit and, and through our mind to be able to uh, actually exercise and, and walk. And uh, that uh, will help us uh, deal with, with difficult things and establish uh, good habits that actually can give us the space and the, and the clarity to begin to understand and enjoy righteousness and peace. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very well put. Now, Kevin, what I want to do, you, you've said a few things in, in, in what you just mentioned, and then previously in this conversation about training and preparing, you know, kind of getting ready for it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question, but before you answer, I'm going to, I'm going to share a personal anecdote about what not to do. So just know that's coming. But uh, the question, the question is how do, how do Christians train for this, this endurance race in the kingdom? You know, what are some, give us some practical tips or some suggestions that all Christians ought to be doing in preparation, the same way, you know, that all runners ought to be doing when they run, they're preparing for a race. Now, let me give you the, the personal anecdote. Uh, I never trained with any professional, nor did I uh, do a whole lot of reading or studying. I just, I went on Google and found like a, a marathon plan, you know, and so it would say like on Monday, run three miles, on Tuesday, run four, on, and then your long race was on Saturday, and then your Saturday races get longer, so you're running kind of short races throughout the week, and then on Saturday, you're running a long race. Well, I've, I did that. I've done that for a few different marathons, uh, but what I didn't do during those times, I didn't properly stretch most days. I didn't do any sort of uh, exercise for my core or any other type of exercise. I just ran. And I, after a while, I've started to notice my lower back, it's just not what it used to be. I ended up going to a, a sports uh, massage therapist who specialized in working with athletes. And that's pretty... Uh, I'm laughing at myself and shaking my head that I would I ought to go to a sports massage therapist because I'm not an athlete. Anyway, she, I, I said, my lower back's hurting. Can you please, you know, give me a massage? She goes, okay, well, get on your back. And I said, I, I don't think you heard me. My back hurts. I need it to be massaged. She goes, I know, get on your back. So I was like, fine. So I got on my back and she started poking around in my belly. And she was like... <laughs> Hmm. She you know, kind of give this very, in my opinion, judgmental tone. Hmm. And then she, uh, you know, that, that psoas muscle that connects your back to your, your thigh. Yeah. She, she touched that. And she was like, Whoa, are you a runner? And I said, yeah. She goes, do you do anything else? I said, no. She goes, yeah, I can tell you're soft in the core and your psoas is like rock hard because you're not doing anything else. Are you? And I was like, Whoa. And what, she helped me understand, and uh, I, I wish I could tell you that I've, I've done a better job, but what she helped me understand was that our bodies aren't designed to do this one thing without doing other things. And if we do this one thing without doing the other things, it's actually going to hurt our body because uh, instead of being well-balanced and then able to run well, I, I'm actually degrading my ability to run by not exercising my core. Um, not exercising my legs outside of running, 
not exercising my back, all that stuff. Anyway, it just helped me see it more holistically. Like I've got to, I've got to do a better job of keeping my body disciplined so that when I run, I can run the race of endurance physically. But then I thought, Ooh, what wonderful spiritual connection for the person who maybe they feel like I'm really good at this one thing. I'll just focus on that alone. And then after a while, maybe let's, let's say it's prayer. Maybe they're really good at prayer, but they don't uh, read their Bible. They don't, maybe they don't spend time with other Christians. Maybe they're not engaged in uh, good works as far as maybe with uh, helping those in need or uh, charity and, and they just pray. But what happens is, is many times after a while, their prayers might turn cold and, or it's, it's a challenge to pray. And they're wondering, I thought I was good at prayer. Why am I struggling to spend this time with the Lord? So now I'm going to go back to the question, Kevin, which was what, and, and, and by the way, feel free to comment on, uh, you know, training mishaps as well, if you want to, but what are some tangible, real training goals for Christians to run the race of endurance? Well, let me just say, if, if you've made it this far in the podcast and, and you're now saying, wow, I want to go out and run, uh, please start slowly. Don't, if you've never run before, if you've never walked before, maybe you're like, oh man, I, it was my goal this year at the beginning of January to, to get uh, healthy. So you, you hadn't run for a year and you decided to go out and run five miles. You, you will get injured. <laughs> it, it will happen. Right. You, yeah. you have to have a, a plan where you start in a deliberate and disciplined uh, fashion. And uh, you, it, you may have to start walking and then build up to running a, a mile and then two miles. And you have to be very deliberate and uh, thoughtful about it because uh, our, our bodies are built to connect with, with who we are and uh, they, they teach us about uh, our spiritual walk with the Lord. And so as we decide to do any physical goal, we have to apply wisdom to that. And so I, I mentioned that at this point uh, because uh, your, your experience where uh, you uh, went to an expert who identified your uh, weakness has been uh, the experience of, of many other people. And what I commend you for is saying, okay, I, that's, that's something to learn. And, and now I need to kind of address that and, and, and build that out. So too, in, in our, in our Christian life, uh, I think sometimes uh, people say, okay, I want to get closer to the Lord. So I want to, I want to go preach like, like that guy. And so we start out with some huge, uh, huge goal, uh, start, uh, find, find someone who knows what they're doing, someone, uh, an elder, uh, an, an older sister in Christ and say, let's, uh, let's start walking together. And when I say walking together, I'm, it, it might actually mean walking, but I mean, start, start somewhere. Uh, let's start, uh, reading a little bit, uh, each day together and, and just, uh, talk about what we're reading. Start with something that is achievable. Uh, and something that you can stay with and then begin to grow in that. And so my 
in, encouragement is that as we approach training in the Christian life, uh, we uh, approach it just like we would uh, training for a physical activity. Start with something that's achievable. Start with something that can be accomplished and place yourself alongside someone who can keep you accountable and then begin to grow and uh, build off of small achievable steps because mm. training mm. for righteousness has a purpose. The purpose of having a training plan and, and you had a training plan for your marathon. I have a training plan for my marathon uh, for, for every race that I run. Yeah. The purpose is not to check off the days where I've trained. The purpose is to be transformed and to actually see that growth is happening. When I set out to train to grow in the Christian life, the purpose is not to just say, I've prayed today. I have uh, read the Bible today. Jesus addresses this in the Sermon on the Mount. If you're doing it for the praise of men, then you have received your reward in full. Mm -hmm. if, if you are doing it to just say that you've prayed, if you're doing it just to say that you've been there or just to say that you've read, then you have received your reward in full. Right. The purpose of the training is to be transformed into the image of Christ. The, right. The goal is to begin to bear the fruit of, of the spirit to become more patient and more loving. And so the goal in training in the Christian life is putting ourselves in relationship with other people so that we are reflecting the father and the son more clearly in our life. It's not just to say, I'm doing this more than I used to. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. Uh, you know, Romans 12, verse 2, the be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, if that's the, the, the big why, you know, behind why I'm doing this, instead of it just being a, a list to check off, I'm going to tell you something. Let's just use the discipline of Bible reading. I have read through the Bible numerous times. Uh, when I read through it with the intention of checking off a list, I find it to be one of the most cold, unconnecting experiences of my faith. When I read it with the intention of being transformed, um, I find it the, one of the most enriching experiences. So I'm hoping that is, is validating kind of what you just said. What's the intent behind the discipline that I'm doing? And I'm the kind of guy that I love a good list, right? Like I will, I will Same. make a spreadsheet on uh, uh, Microsoft Excel with, I mean, I have literally flipped through my Bible. I've counted up the total number of pages and divided it evenly by 365 so that I was reading the same amount of words daily all year long. And I could devote 20 minutes a day and get through it in a year. And yeah, there was an a, accomplishment. Ha ha. I read the Bible. But what was missing was the hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And I, you know, it's not that I went on social media and, and bragged day by day about all the Bible reading I was doing, but the reward that I got for these types of works was that I could look at my list and feel good about myself. So 
maybe the question, Kevin, is how do people who are just getting started, um, you know, they're going to have that mind they, or they want to have that mindset of being transformed by the renewing of their mind. They don't even know where to start. And now they're hearing, don't do a list because then you'll just be doing it for the list's sake. What can we share with them to encourage them in their Bible reading or in their prayer, whatever it may be, the discipline? What tangible, practical thing can be helpful both in helping them be transformed, but then also, you know, starting from zero? I think just as a, a caveat, I might I might add that it still is important to do the hard thing sometimes, even when you don't feel like it, or even if you just uh, feel like uh, you're doing it as a list. Well, that's that a that good may point. sound counterintuitive to what we just said. Uh, but if 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 I only read when uh, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling it, <laughs> then uh, it's it's not always going to happen. It is sure. the times where I make myself do it, uh, and uh, you can use that for for walking, uh, running, or or any sort of physical discipline. Uh, it's uh, uh, you know you, you got to do it even even when you don't you know it feels like oh man I really don't want to do it today, but. Uh, so I, I will say that, <laughs> especially when it comes to being with other Christians, like sometimes when we want to pull away, it's th- those times when we actually need the, need it the most. Mm. Uh, with with Good that point. said, when you when you start from uh, ground zero, I, I think the most uh, important thing is to, and we keep coming back to this, but it's born out in scripture, not only in Hebrews, but in the relationship with uh, Paul and Timothy and Paul and his traveling companions and uh, those that he was close to within the body of Christ. You got to have personal relationships that are intimate enough in the body of Christ to have people who can guide you and encourage you on where to start and how to keep going when it gets difficult, yeah. uh, whether that's uh, someone that you uh, pray with uh, once a week, uh, whether that's someone who uh, you say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna start reading uh, this week, and we're just gonna uh, read slowly through the Psalms and and let's text uh, once a day about uh, something cool that we've read about." Just somebody, uh, you know somebody who you can communicate with and be accountable to. I think that's the most important thing because that person then can guide you to uh, learning to enjoy that process and uh, have uh, some growth that actually comes from it uh, rather than just doing it just to, just to get it done. You know, Kevin, the, I hate that Nike slogan is so cliche and yet so, brilliant but the slogan just do it uh is at sometimes one of the most helpful slogans for us to accomplish you know i i asked you a question a little while ago what are some things that we could be doing and i think we've we've talked about it some but one of the takeaways that i'm kind of getting from our conversation is that we already know what we need to be doing and we already know what those things ought to be whether that be time with people in the word, in prayer, in community, right? Like 
but the the motivation of even though I know what I ought to be doing, my my body, my flesh, is still telling me that it's um, it's not worth it, right? So I guess I'm just processing with you in real time that even even those are you know those who are at the beginning side of things, and then those who are on the advanced side of things, whether you're training for a race or whether you're in the spiritual race of endurance of our faith, the beginner and the expert, uh, the slogan, just do it is a helpful slogan because sometimes you do just got to get in there and, and get going instead of, you know, tucking back in bed and going back to sleep. That's right. And I, I think the, whether you're, you're new or whether you're old in the faith, the, most significant thing to remember is that training is for transformation. Training is training, for transformation. Training is not for the sake of training. Just pause for a second to let that sink in. Yeah, training, dramatic training, pause. Training is for transformation. And our, our transformation into the image of our savior is where we are headed and uh, that is a a task that we can be confident in as we are moving towards it because we are if we are in christ we are a new creation and uh, we are thankful for where we are at we are confident in who jesus is we also realize uh, that we are always growing and mm -hmm. that we are never at a point to where uh, we say, well, I'm on the mountaintop and I'm just going to hang out here. Right. <laughs> we, we are, uh, we are always growing and we're always being transformed, but never hopefully having uh, an attitude in the moment of, uh, Oh, I'm a, horrible person or, oh man, look at that person over there. They're so much better than, no, we, if we are in Christ and, and we are uh, growing faithfully in him, uh, we are thankful for where we're at. We're confident about who we are, but we're also intentionally saying, I am training for transformation. I'm not mm. just training for the sake of training. Mm, I love that. I love that there's purpose behind the struggle and, and and purpose behind the the discipline instead of it just being for discipline's sake because man I, I there's been so many times I've fallen off the the wagon so to speak because I really feel like my mindset has been well I got to go to the gym today because that's just what I got to do instead of having a mindset of that training is for transformation you also brought up this point that the what we ought to be if we're being transformed we're being transformed into the image of Christ. And that makes me think of Hebrews 12, verse 2, which says, right. looking to Jesus, right? So we've, right. we've been chewing on several verses in Hebrews 12. We talked about Hebrews 1 for a bit, but the idea is as we're in this kingdom race, running the race of endurance, uh, even in the kingdom race, our eyes aren't on the concrete like some runners do, and that can slow them down and get them off track. But our eyes are fixed on Jesus. It says he's the author and perfecter of our faith. And then it explains his training for transformation. 
says, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, therefore, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Jesus, uh, you know, there, there are scriptures in Hebrews that says that Jesus learned obedience. I think it's safe to also say Jesus trained for transformation, and, and he went from uh, the divine and then took on flesh and then returned. He was highly exalted, higher, uh, hyperextended, I think in Greek is what that word means. And the idea is that how could it be possible for him to have more glory? But he did. And so there was a transformation there, and, and, and we're looking to him and so in our faith, we're, our training ought to transform us in a similar way because we're looking at Jesus, who's the author and founder of it. I'm going to say amen, and let's stop this podcast right here, and we're going to pick up right there in, in next week because I think there's <laughs> a significant uh, discussion that we can have around this. Okay. Well, I'm going to be honest, folks. That's the first time I had a guest tell me, hey, let's stop and pick it up again next week. Usually I have to uh, just choose some random spot to do a cliffhanger. I felt a little bit, uh, well, it was just a bizarre feeling to be told, here's the cliffhanger, Jonathan. Anyway, my chuckle in the episode that you just heard was me kind of experiencing that in real time. But... It is a good place to stop because we're going to we're going to pick up in this shift towards Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. We're also going to talk about the Psalms of ascent in the Old Testament and how that's connected to all this. It's just a really fun conversation. So you need to come back. Now, a couple things before we wrap up. Um and I don't know how to do this well. I don't usually script out my intros and outros. It's just me talking to the microphone. But I talked um, a while ago about I was thinking about starting a Patreon. And a Patreon, if you don't know what that is, is uh, an online way to support content that you really like. So if you find yourself wanting to be generous and uh, you're always looking for ways to help things and, and bless others with generosity then I just want to share the opportunity for you to be helpful and share and encourage the work that I do with Pure and Simple Bible. I will put the information for it in the show notes for this as well, but if you wanted to go over to Patreon, you could look up patreon.com backslash Pure and Simple Bible. My handle is Jonathan Edwards, and uh, I have two membership categories right now. There's the listener and there's the encourager. So go check that out if that's something that speaks to you. Now, remember, you can also go to the website, www.pureandsimplebible.com. All the stuff is there for you to download for free. And something really cool that I'm working on for 2024, I'm hoping to have new workbooks by the end of 2024. So stay tuned. I'm really excited to share that with you. I'm also going to be reviewing and revising Redemption Series, Bible Series, Church Series. I'm going to be updating those. Uh, the Redemption Series coming out soon. So I'll talk to you more about that later. So go check it out. And I just want you to remember, above all else, God loves you very much. And I do too. Lord willing, see you soon.
Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you. Well, his rooms inside.